Welcome to Ridiculous Speculation. My name is Randall Cunningham, and I am the host of this show. And you can look to the left of me, and you will see the scars of this show. Minus Raj, never on time, meta. He's going to hear it to the day he actually shows up on time. But welcome to Wednesday at 9 o'clock. National Signing Day, ridiculous speculation. And we're going to unpack a lot on the signing day. I don't know how prepped you guys are. But as a former employee of Rivals, one of my favorite days of the year. Shane, how much time do you spend on signing day? Um, Not as much as I should, probably. You know, I – you can get in intertwined with all these four star and five star and you know, blah, 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 blah. To me, it's like once you get on the field and actually play in the game, you know, you're, you're the next man up to me. You know, I get you're highly recruited, but that doesn't mean anything. It's a different game in high school. So to me, it's, I never get too wrapped up into it. Um, I, I'd rather see, you know, see it on the field so you know there's some truth to that and as a as as, as someone who spent several years <clears throat> out evaluating players for one of the websites i did discover that sometimes you're looking at a kid chain and i would be looking at a kid and go this kid's a five star i don't even know if he can start on the high school football team <clears throat> i played on or you would go see a kid that was a three-star, and you'd go, that kid's a player. Uh, matter of fact, we're going to talk about one of those three-stars that I think is a superstar later on when we get to Tennessee. Robbie Davis, what was your – first of all, the fact that Tennessee went from 51st about two months ago to 15th, 13th, or 16th, great job for Josh Apple today. Yeah. Well, Randall, let me ask you a question real quick, because you just brought up a point that I don't know. I know, and and I follow basketball recruiting a lot more. I follow football recruiting. Um, And in basketball, so much of it is they're ranked on partly on potential and their size and what they think they can become because they spend so little time in college. Is that the same in, in college in football recruiting or is it pretty much what you do on the field? Great question. Let's start there. Here was the here was the criteria I was given as what a five, four, three, and two star was. Uh, a five. A, let's start at three. Now uh, you hear people say, "Well, he's a three star. He's no good." Whatever. When you evaluated a three star to earn three stars, you had to look at a kid and consider him a two or three-year starter at the Power 5 level. So if you looked at somebody and you thought, that kid needs two years in a weight room and he could be a starter at Alabama, that was a three-star athlete. Also, you had to have a qualification of a Power 5 offer to be a three-star. If you looked at a kid and he only had Marshall, South Alabama, the most you could give him is a three-star. More than likely, they were going to group him as a two-star. A four-star was called an instant impact player. 
walks on campus, can play special teams, NFL quality, uh, potential to be an impact player day he walks on campus. Five stars was a kid, regardless where he went, he was a day one starter. So if you saw a five-star athlete, you got to think, you could, in your mind, you had to be able to project that kid and say, he could go, and, and, and a lot of times what I used, Robbie, wasn't the elite program, but I would use a good program. I, I don't know why I started using South Carolina, but South Carolina was one of my go-tos. If I looked at a kid and said he could start at South Carolina tomorrow, that was a five-star athlete to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you, I mean, you kind of have to pick a program like that because, I mean, Najee Harris is starting in the NFL and what he played, what, six games, eight games in Alabama? I mean, like, once you start stacking them up, you can be a five-star. You can start almost anywhere, but where you go, it's just not um, feasible. But to answer your question, Randall, I pay – so I heard a stat statistic – um, that of all the teams that made the playoffs, I think it was either that Michigan State team or that Washington team. Those team, one of those teams, and now Cincinnati are the only two teams that, of the entire playoff field that have not averaged a top 10 recruiting class over that four year window. So there, there is some, some merit to this, these recruiting rankings and, if you're not in there, it takes a magical season to get there um, as opposed to, hey, I can lose a game and, and build my way back in. So uh, that's a great point. At one point, at one point, and this was probably in the heat middle of Alabama still dominating, but there was a run for about eight years that it was either Alabama or LSU or uh, I think Ohio State won one in there that if you wasn't class one, two, or three, you didn't win a national championship on the four-year average. So mm -hmm. I think it does matter. I do think there's some coaches that can coach above that ability. Uh, a quick story before we'll look at some top 25 classes. I think there's some winners and losers there. A quick story. I, I got two stories I want to I wanna share. Both players ended up in the NFL. And uh, uh, they were players that I saw – as sophomores and juniors, one is a sophomore, one is a junior. I wrote, and I still have it around here somewhere, about this future future superstar NFL player, huge college player. <clears throat> Running back wasn't his future, but he was an all-pro <clears throat> strong safety. Would you all like to know who I wrote that about? Eric Berry. No. Good guess. That would have been a good – I would have looked smart. Yeah, that's a good guess. I wrote um, that. Yeah, I don't know. Go ahead, Shane. No, no, no. No no clue. I wrote that about Carnell Cadillac Williams. I, I, when I saw him play in high school, I thought he was the most dominant defensive player I'd ever seen. And to this day, I still think he – if I listed a defensive player, he would be my number one. Of course, went on to be an All-SEC – Heisman finalist, and before injuries, uh, a thousand-yard rusher in the NFL. The probably the highest-ranked player I ever I ever got the ability to rate was a quarterback that I instantly said he was Drew Bledsoe. He was going to be a Pro Bowler. He was an impact player in Tennessee. 
had in their pipeline probably the best high school player I've seen in the last 10 years. I wrote that about Mr. Trevor Lawrence before he realized Tennessee was a trash mine. And, uh, and, and I did instantly gave him five stars. When I went to went down there that night to Cartersville, his family, I wore a Tennessee hat. His family was like, we can't wait to get to Knoxville. We, we can't wait to be in Knoxville. Trevor loves Tennessee. Trevor bleeds Peyton Manning. It's all about when a kid's 16 years old, what you think may happen may not be what happens. You have all those stories about kids that grow up as a fan of one team ends up somewhere else. Have you ever heard a story that just of recruiting that caught your eye, Robbie or Jane? Um, no, I mean, I, I like I said, I've never followed that. Cl- I mean, I know there's been uh, um, guy who's the guy that Tennessee lost to Ohio State that Butch Jones didn't even talk to. Uh, the guy from North Georgia. Basketball. No, no. Well, there was, was uh, Pearl lost him. But uh, there was, uh, the guy that plays in the NFL it, now is from Heritage High School. What was his name? Is it Cade Mays? No, it wasn't Mays. Uh, not Von Miller. Von Bell. Von yes, Bell. Von Bell. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was, was going to say, Georgia, it was a, yeah. Up Tennessee. And then uh, Jones got the job and just stopped talking to him. Like, what? He was so committed to Tennessee. Jones said he didn't have to waste his time on him. He ended yeah. up signing with Ohio State, and he's still making a check in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, one of the best ones I ever heard was the coaches slept at Bo Jackson's house in his bedroom with him to keep the Alabama coaches from getting in his window in the middle <laughs> of the night before he signed at uh, Auburn. So I think I, I, I want to say uh, before Bobby Bowden passed, I think he said uh, his biggest heartbreak was when Emmett Smith went to Florida. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So let's get into this. We got plenty to get rid of. It's not the whole show tonight, but I want to I want to go through the top twenty-five and let's score these classes, win or fail, based on the program. Any comments you might have about certain players, please take a chance. But let's start at twenty-five, and I I rated this a fail with Oklahoma State coming in at twenty-five, almost making the playoffs. They come in. Barely cracking the 25, 25th mark. What what would you guys say about Oklahoma State? Well, so I'm looking at Oklahoma State in their new home, right? So this is the number one class in their new the new Big Twelve. You're so right. can they can they can can zog it in the football realm? So are they still holding at bay? Iowa State, Baylor, um, West Virginia, Cincinnati, who BYU, who are going to be their new competitors? So um, you're looking from a hey, four years from now, two years from now, three, whatever, whatever they work out with this contract with the ESPN, Texas, Oklahoma. Um, so while it's not ideal for Oklahoma State, um, in the future they're still recruiting better than their than their new competitors will be. That's a very good point. I didn't think about that. Shane, any comment on that? No, I mean that's that's well said. Um, that was amazing from Robbie. Yeah. I mean, I, hey, I'm not as drunk as he said. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't top that one. <laughs> Number twenty-four, Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss belies itself because I think Lane Kiffin 
is making a living in the portal right now. So when you see him with a 24 class, that doesn't mean his class is going to be 24 by the time he gets out of the portal. Lane Kiffin, that program, though, got to be trending up even with the 24th class. Yes. So here's where I think, you know, when the four and five star, when you start getting four and five stars and then, you know, the three stars, which the street, the three stars are kind of the meat of the heart, you know, college football of, of the class. Right. So those are the guys that, that come in, like you said, maybe a year or two could play special teams, but then all of a sudden, you know, just, catapult into you know nfl prospect um but that's that's how college football is built so i don't necessarily take you know whether you got two five-star recruits versus you know 18 three-star guys necessarily a big jump in you know relativity to the recruiting aspect so i i really think with what, like you said, with the portal aspect of things now, this is a whole new world, guys. Like we haven't seen, we have not seen this world yet. So we don't know what the NLIs are going to do. Uh, you know, kids are coming out of out of high school early. We, we've got people transferring. You know, as the wind blows right now to other schools. So I think a lot of coaches are going to have to start playing the game a little different with a couple extra scholarships and, and uh, openings for transfer transfer guys, people coming up early, things of that nature. So I don't know. I, I think Kiffin's going to be fine. He's always done well. Um, but this is, this is a whole new ball game that we are not aware of. Robbie, excellent point. Class 23 is South Carolina. What doesn't come into count in class 23, South Carolina Spencer Rattler and Oklahoma, I can't remember his name, star tied in. Both are in that class, but they don't get ready. For uh-huh. South Carolina, you right. get a quarterback like Spencer Rattler, a kid that they could never touch in a normal mm-hmm. recording. That's a win, don't you think? Yeah, yeah I do. Look, this, so if, if I'm, yes, it is for South Carolina. Uh, but going back to the Ole Miss question, if I'm Ole Miss – I'm uneasy right now because I have all the momentum, just won 10 games for the first time. I'm the it school in the state. LSU just fired their coach, was unstable in recruiting. And Mississippi State's out recruiting me with Mike Leach, who's a great, great coach, but not a great recruiter, never been a great recruiter. That, to me, I'm, I'm like, what's going on here? Why is this? And, and, and yeah, it may be that Lane is counting transfer portal players because yes, you guys are right. It's a scholarship count number, and you don't. And that's what's weird is like you're like, hey, I may have fifty open. I may have twenty. Open. I don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. Who who am I recruiting for other team? I'm curious, knowing Lane, if he has spent more time recruiting in the transfer portal. Than he has recruiting from high school. I would think so. I think so too. I, I think Lane would want proven commodities over. Yeah. Uh, and I think Lane is not long for Ole Miss. Uh, I mean, not that he's leaving tomorrow, 
but his his point is not to build a long-term program. I think Lane still uses Ole Miss as a stepping stone. The way you do that is JUCO and transfer portal. But where is there left to step is my thing. All these college coaches are getting locked up for a long term. Well, and that's that's a great point, too. You know, look at what we just went through right here with all the major, major job openings uh, at these high-caliber schools with paying big money. And if Kiffin wasn't a part of that one, at this carousel, like I surely mean, he could have landed it at Oregon or, you know. I mean, I, it, in, I mean, unless you're waiting for the biggest shoe of them all to fall and saving to retire – yeah, but is Alabama going like? Would they go Lane Kiffin though? He didn't leave on good terms. I mean, he doesn't I leave just, anywhere on good terms. No, he he burns bridges as he's yeah. you know leaving the city. But, I mean, but really though, all the all the premier jobs just locked in coaches for a hell of a long time for a yeah. hell of a lot of money. Yeah, I I just don't see. If he's not rebuilding for the next four years yeah. here, I don't, I don't see him. Yeah, yeah, I don't know where it's a. Step There's no stepping thing. up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at Luke Fickle at Cincinnati. Great year, great coach. He could win the championship this year, and it's like, well, there's nowhere to go. Yeah, yeah. It, again, he could be waiting on you know the whole conspiracy about Day going to Chicago. Oh, yes. BS. Uh, which, if that happens, I would take Fickle, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, they're they're stuck in positions, and especially Kiffin. Like, if he wasn't going to make a move now this year with so many openings on larger uh, settings, I, I don't see him. I don't see him yeah. leaving I for mean, at least yeah, four yeah. years. Fellas, you didn't go after him, and there was no talks. And oh, now let's let's not knock Old Miss too. Like no. Old Miss is not a bad job. No, I mean, it's, a, it's an excellent job. It's an but, excellent job, and and if they can win, and, and you know who knows, maybe he brings them brings them back up. Maybe they get in the playoffs or something. Maybe so. maybe one of the best jobs for a single young male. Hey, the Grove call- is amazing. I love the Grove. <laughs> Do we call LSU? I mean, Ole Miss, we call it a top 25 job, is it? What, Miss uh, Ole Miss? Yes. I would say it's a top 25 job. Yeah. I mean, I think any any SEC job outside of Vandy, um, maybe Kentucky, Arkansas, Mississippi State, and Mizzou, I think all of those. Texas top Carolina, maybe. Can- Let's uh let's move on a little bit. Mississippi State, who we've already discussed at twenty second, the best class Mike Leach has ever signed at twenty second. Michigan State at twenty one. I gotta see that as a fail, Big Ten guy. You're yeah. you're, you're super hot. You just paid ninety five million dollars. You got the twenty first class. That's what I'm saying. Like what what's going on behind the scenes here? Like uh why why are you ranked twenty one? Are you trying to pull uh, the transfer portal thing? I guess that's our, you know, fail safe right now. Now, they were, to their credit, transfer portal U last year. They were. They were. Um, and, and maybe they are again. Who knows? Yeah. Mel Tucker, he's a great coach. Don't get me wrong. I, what he's done in that program this year, he's brought them back. It, they're great. 
fifth in the Big Ten. Yeah. But their their recruiting class is subpar for sure, uh, especially to pay a guy $95 million. One spot in front of them at 20, who got a Tennessee slip today from Brady Floyd, a tight end out of Chicago or out of Cincinnati, going two and ten in the Big Ten this year. Is Indiana a spot in front of Michigan State? Huge win for Indiana after going two and ten to be class twenty, wouldn't say Robbie, the former IU student. Oh, for Indiana to finish fourth in the Big Ten in football recruiting, that's a huge win. I mean, that's so Allen's now building a program. Um, yeah, it's a good down year. The good thing about Indiana, they're not going to panic and fire him. You know, he had a good year. He had a bad year. Get this recruiting class in. Let's build program. Let's build a program. And you're going to do it almost the Michigan State way that D'Antonio brought in and Tucker completed. The problem with Tucker now, though, you're getting paid $9.5 million a year. Can you have two down years? I mean, I guess you can because your contract's locked in. But two down years, like with with that kind of money comes expectations. And to finish fifth in the Big Ten in recruiting um, after after the end of the season, after you sign that contract, it's a it's a bad look. Yeah, and we're going to talk about a couple of teams in front of them. The number two belies this. It is not only I, I believe some teams there's still a February signing period. We talk about LSU especially. I got a couple of points to make about them, but Michigan State signed 22 players to finish 21st. LSU, by example, signed 13 players and finished 18th. So it's not like they were going to have a bunch of scholarships left over to go to the portal with. They signed a lot of kids. Uh, Arkansas, 21 signees, five stars, three or 14 three stars, finishes 19th. Sam Pittman's really getting that program back for Arkansas should be a top 20 program, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, they've got the facilities, they've got the money, they've got the fan base. The problem they have is not a lot of in-state talent in the high school level. No. And it's out there. And it's not the sexiest place to want to go to school or want to live if you're a 18 to 21-year-old um because, I mean, let's face it, athletes live a different life than normal college students. Like, usually you say college campuses or college campuses are all going to be fun, even no matter if they're out in the middle of nowhere, i.e. Auburn or i.e. Iowa State or Iowa. But um, for athletes, they're on regimented basis. The weather sucks. They're, it's just not an ideal place. So uh, Sam Pittman's doing an A-plus job, in my opinion. One of the best yeah. things for Sam Pittman's tenure in Arkansas is Tennessee has been unable to go to Memphis and pull kids. If you give Arkansas a fair shot at Memphis, it, it helps their program. Because I, I think it's – I've read two and a half hours closer to Arkansas's campus than it is UT's campus from Memphis. Memphis is the holy grail for UT. And yes. football, basketball, like – it's it's in state, but it's so far. It's so much closer to what six schools in the SEC than yes. it is to Knoxville. Like much it's closer just, to Alabama. It's close, right. It's, yeah, like it's just Alabama so hard to get them. Yeah. Vandy, yeah. Alabama, Auburn, 
Arkansas, Ole Miss, Missouri. Just, just to make a quick quick statement, um, Raj, our fourth comrade, is late for his late meeting, which was eight fifteen. He said, and it is now eight twenty six. So, just to put that on record. Okay, for Raj. Raj. Uh, the next two are my biggest winner and loser of the day. And, and you got to go through it. Well, I won't call them my biggest winner. My incomplete award goes to LSU. Here's why LSU gets it incomplete. They signed 13 kids, two five-stars, four four-stars, seven three-stars. But there is a ton of talent in the state of LSU that did, our state of Louisiana that did not sign. And it's a group of kids, five, six, really high-rated kids. And, and the story that's breaking over the last few hours is they're waiting to see what staff Brian Kelly puts together before signing with LSU. So while LSU sets at 18, nobody has the ability to go from 18 to fifth like LSU does rarely right now. Robbie, you've said it. The state of Louisiana is stacked with football players. Best job in college football. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is a a coming off a horrible season, a coaching change, and they're still they're light, but they are loaded, and with more to come. Like, yeah, they just wait. People are holding out to see what they do. I wouldn't be surprised yet if they jump into the top. Seven eight four in February. Absolutely not, Rod. Welcome aboard, Mr. Meta. It's good to be here. Finally, we're 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 rating some of the classes where they finish in the top twenty five for recruiting, and if it's a win or if it's a lose for them. As Robbie just said, LSU, even though they finished eighteenth, the potential to finish up the year at seven or eight is is definitely there. Biggest loser of the day to me had the number one player in the, uh, in the nation committed, huh. had a top 75 lineman committed, both one flips to Jackson State, the other one to Tennessee, Florida State, come on, he's got to be in trouble. You don't lose the number one recruit in America to Deion Sanders and Jackson State, do you, Robbie? So this was whoa, whoa! When I when I got I started getting notifications of this, like, what? what? Is this real? Uh, so I'll give you. So Florida State's my number two loser of the day. Um, but yeah, that was just a. I don't know if they left their foot off the gas um, or what. Um, but yeah, to lose it to Jackson State, and I know Barstool had some. Uh, Stuff to say about that with the one point five million dollar uh, reported deal. So I don't know if I don't know if the kids going, hey, I can be there for a year. Make I don't know what people's finances are. Hey, if you gave me one point five million, eighteen dollars, eighteen years old, I'll go, I'll I'll play for whoever. Um, but I don't know if he's a one and done there and then transferred back. But because um, I think I mean rumor was FSU gave Mike Norvell the contract extension to sign this class they thought they had and then for it to disappear or get crushed like this and a public embarrassment, uh, you know, 
uh, Fire Magnavel on Twitter was trending, trending like uh, it was bad for them. So, but they're my second biggest loser. I'll get to my first biggest loser. Hopefully, we'll talk about them next. Uh, they were, it was right there for them to be a top six program. They were trending with the Texas A&M, Alabama, Georgia, uh, Florida State. Raj, is it a program that can rise above this? Or are they doomed for a decade of mediocre, similar to Tennessee went through? I mean, just like Tennessee and USC, they've been in that sub-mediocrity phase. Uh, they keep trying out new coaches, and it doesn't seem like Norvell is the guy either. Uh, you know, Travis Hunter, he, uh, you know, he's 6'1", 165. He's, he's smallish, no doubt. And I'm, I hate to be that guy, but I'm sure – there's some money involved. So he is going to be a, people call him a generational corner. He wanted to learn from the best and that's prime time. Uh, but to answer your overall question. Yeah, I think it's going to take a Lincoln Riley type hire a coach from a super successful program to get them back. Not a, not a Memphis or like a power five type thing. Before we move on. Ah, crap. Eli Ricks is going to Alabama. Son of a goat. SC really wanted him. Modern day guy. Ah, crap. So, SC only signed seven players today. Is that what you expected? Or were you thinking they had a chance to – I mean, I know they went in 50-50 battles, and it seems like they've not – they won a couple today, but they probably lost more than they won. Lincoln Riley was only there a few weeks, so. Well, Rick's kind of hurts because for two years, his safety mate was Domani Jackson, who's just unbelievable. Domani is considered a USC lean. He's going to announce in two days. Um, you know, but he, he got arguably the, he got the best player in Nevada to switch. Uh, he got Relique Brown, who's unbelievable, a running back that was going to Oklahoma, a five-star. You know, they got positions of need. I think they're going to go, you know, it's early signing day. I think they're going to go hard towards the end. And there's a lot of guys that they're involved with the crystal balls, like from rivals or sorry, two, four, seven have a lot of good players. So I think they'll end up in the top 10, top 15. Uh, but to your point, just, only 75%, probably 70 or 75% of kids signed today. There's still a lot of good football players out there. Not oh, the yeah. five stars, but there are a lot of three and four stars that wait till after this period to see who's got scholarships to offer. I mean, there's still our five stars out there as well. I don't know about this early signing day. It takes all the fun out of freaking out on that Wednesday, yeah. February. Well, let Shane, Shane, I kind of skipped you for that one, but I wanted you to start, Shane. And then I think this is the one Robbie was waiting for. For the first time in a long time, and they did only sign 13 kids, it doesn't seem like Clemson just said, I want you, 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 and you. Two years ago, Clemson turned a five-star away because they offered two defensive ends and said the first one to commit gets the scholarship. Unheard of, Clemson turns away a five-star. Is Clemson a loser today? Because they didn't win a lot of 50-50 battles. Yeah, they're my biggest loser today, for sure. Um, they're, they're on a free fall spiral down right now. 
they're they just lost Red Bulls, uh, obviously to Oklahoma. Um, Dabo is I, I've never seen him like this within the, this last year, coaching wise, and can't really get it together. And the recruits are seeing this, I guess. Um, maybe they're they're not going out hard. Enough. I don't know. It, it was definitely the biggest loser. I couldn't believe that they were ranked as low as they are. What are they? 16th. I mean, yes. usually they should be within the top five, top eight. Uh, so especially the, the last, you know, three to four years. So uh, baffles me. Don't know what's going on there. Um, I think Dabo's days are numbered. All right, Robert ah. Davis. Was this the team you were waiting on? Yeah, this uh, this was the biggest loser of the day for me, um, which is, I mean, you'd say um, we're in the top 16, first or second in the ACC. What's there to complain about? What's to complain about is just a year or two ago, you had Clemson being the, the young, hip program versus Alabama's the strict regimented no fun program well Clemson just all of a sudden law it was like someone pulled their cool card at the door they just cool. fell off and nobody wants to be there anymore and like Dabo's going on uh air complaining about um you know losing assistance and and uh, you know, transfer portal and all the name, image, and likeness. Man, you are you are. Do not be a dinosaur. You may not like it, but there's no put, putting the toothpaste back in that tube, buddy. You got to adapt. And he sounds like somebody who not only is not gonna adapt, but doesn't want to adapt. And you th- like, if I'm recruiting against Clemson, I use that so- sound bites. Do you want to go play for a coach that doesn't want you to get paid? I mean, that's oh, like saying, yeah. yeah, I mean, hey, do you want to go work for someone that's going to pay you less or worse than that doesn't want you to get paid? No, no. look, it, life's hard. you got to adapt. Like, everyone's yeah. going through – everyone's playing in the same playing field right now. Yeah. So, everyone's dealing with transfer portal, blah, blah, blah. Don't give me excuses. Like, don't whine and complain and, you know, everyone's losing people left and right, whether it be coaches, players, whatever. Like you said, adapt, make it happen. If you can't, there's the door. Like, let's go. Yeah. I don't know if his days are numbered, but I will say he probably raised some administrators' eyebrows with some comments he's made. I mean, what do you think they give him? Uh, two years tops. So, and I don't know if he's an NFL guy. I don't know if, if NFL NFL even wants him. Like, I don't know where what he does. Like, I don't know what what his deal is. I don't, I don't know. So, a hundred percent. I I don't know where he ends up, but I'll put it this way: uh, for the first time in the last decade, I saw a crack in Clemson. And I, I let's see how he fixes it. And I think publicly it was a black eye to Dabo, exactly what you said. We all live in a new world. Do you remember that movie Draft Day where Kevin Costner offers the trade and then he answers the phone back and says, That was 30 seconds ago. That's a whole new world. 
Yeah. It's a whole new world, Dabo, in college football. Realistic. Yeah. Rod, Pac-12, huge winner today. Someone I've been waiting to recruit at this level. David Shaw and Stanford lands a top 15 class. Huge win today for Stanford. Yeah, and quick note, when I said SC was going to finish top 15, I was thinking the 23 class, which they're already loading up, but you're right. Uh, the timing of Lincoln Riley was surprising because, yeah, he had two weeks and pretty much everyone's gone. You know, Stanford gets a particular type of kid. Uh, you know, usually they're cerebral. I don't want to stereotype anyone or presume that people that don't go to Stanford are not smart. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting that Shaw was able to uh, do very well, including a guy that USC really wanted. David Bailey, the linebacker out of modern day. You know, modern day is the number one team in the country. They're a powerhouse. Uh, we're getting some more guys to go to SC. But still, these guys are going to other, you know, Alabama and whatnot. Can't blame them there. But Bailey is a stud, and he signed today. I know Ernest Cooper did huge de- – well, actually, he needs to put on weight. Uh, I'm looking right now. Um Whatever he did, it's working this year. Uh, that's a big class. I know they needed a lot of kids. How many kids is that? 21. What they? Jeez, 21. Yeah, that's, that's a and, lot of and, kids. And, and Oregon's the second Pac-12 team with 12. That's a big gap. Yeah, Seven, SC's roster's four. in trouble. SC needs depth. And we are going to be scouring the uh, transfer portal. But yeah, it's uh, that's interesting. Twenty-one to twelve. I didn't realize that. Uh, so, but you know, maybe it's one of those years. I don't know. But I did read up on the transfer portal rules, and just get your comments quickly. Tennessee lost thirty to the transfer portal last year. They can only bring in seven. You can basically shift seven roster spots every year in the transfer portal. So it's not like you can go unlimited and pull kids in. You have to have available scholarships, and you can basically replace seven kids a year. So you can't go get 24 out of this transfer pool. Plus kids that transfer, right? Because SC, Lincoln Riley has told a lot of players, basically, you're not playing here. And thank God he did. And so there's about eight or nine guys that have left that are in the portal. So is it a seven max? You get 25. And seven, well, how can a team like Tennessee theoretically fill their roster then? Uh, super seniors. Now, understand, that's portal transfers. There's still graduate transfers and just standard transfers. Like Joe Milton right now can't and, – and this was what brought this up. Joe Milton cannot enter the portal again and just go somewhere else. If Joe Milton leaves again – Tennessee. He goes to Canada. He has to go as a regular transfer and all that comes with that. Academics, set out a year, uh, you know, unless you're a graduate. And like Joe Milton may have come to Tennessee as a graduate transfer. If he did, he can hit the portal tomorrow. No big deal. But it, okay. it, there's, there's some rules to the portal I didn't re- realize. Robbie, Auburn really hits it hard today. And they went for JUCOs. They went for older kids. Brian Harbison feels some pressure to win now. Does he not at Auburn? Um, 
Yeah, and I think this bowl game is going to be really big for them uh, to get some momentum going to the next season. But it seems like this is what Auburn really does every year. There's a lot of late guys that are on the fence, and for whatever reason, they feel more comfortable at Auburn. Uh, I don't know if it's because they're a lot of small-town guys and they just like that atmosphere better, but it just seems like every single year Auburn gets a a late-day signing day push. One thing you will notice, too, and we don't talk a lot about this. Let me get back to y'all. If people would quit texting me. Uh, there's, you can get a prep school year if you want it out of high school. Auburn signed three kids from prep school, which means they graduated high school a year ago, went somewhere else, improved their stock, then signed with Auburn, and they also signed a JUCO player. So they basically signed – three 19- or 20-year-olds, and one 20-, 21-year-old. So I do agree with you. Those kids are more likely to play faster. And Auburn always comes up with Georgia military kids, you know, kids that nobody else seems to have a shot at. You said it right there real quick. That's, I mean, that's the essence of capping the transfer portal because it was drastically affecting high school kids. And they couldn't go where they wanted to go. And people didn't have roster spots. So, I mean, I, I definitely agree with the cap. There's no question. Uh, but where there's a will, there's a way. Shane, before we get off of Auburn, let's talk about overall a little bit about Auburn's program here. Um, Roger, I want your comments too. Robbie and I are both SEC guys. And we consider, or I do, I consider Auburn one of the top, top programs in the SEC. Uh, I, I think when when those programs are lining up, I think Auburn, uh, Florida, uh, over the last 25 years, are probably the uh, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, over the last 25 years, are probably uh, and throw LSU in there. But then in that mid range, that fifth, sixth range, and I'm not talking about the last 10 years where Tennessee struggled. It would be Auburn, Tennessee, programs like that. The other traditionally, you do, yeah. Do other programs right. see Auburn that way, or do they see them different? I don't think so. I mean, it's so you bring Alabama into to the play, right? They're they're the the bar at the top, and you relate teams like Auburn, like Tennessee, um, to those teams, regardless of season. Michigan so State from the Big Ten, I think, is kind of the same. Michigan State is, you know, their little brother hanging on. They they hang around and, and come in and out here and there. Um, you know, obviously Michigan has been dominant over Michigan State for a longer period of time. But but Michigan State, yes, they've been one of those, those teams. But you look at um, – I mean the Iron Bowl. That's one of the one of the greatest rival rivalry, you know, games in history too. So it's it's so hard to to discount them at all when it comes to that. So late, late, Mr. Raj, what do you think about Auburn's program? You know, they seem like an every three, four years type of program that they're good. Uh, I don't think they're as dominant as I'm. Mean, we're not even talking about Alabama. I mean, traditionally there are players that you know I, I recall. You know, obviously Bo 
and some others, but I don't see them as, this is just my opinion, my perspective as a power team traditionally. Uh, that's just, those are my thoughts. I mean, versus a Florida or even a Tennessee, um, more rich traditions in my opinion. All right, question. Perfect timing, Arden. Who had the biggest surprise teams of the day? At number 13 is the University of Tennessee, a program that's still under heavy NCAA scrutiny, a program that at the beginning of the season, Robbie, you're a UT graduate. When I said we're going to win six games, your reaction was what? There's no way in hell. There's no way in hell that we're going to win six games. A program that we went through, if you were a senior at Tennessee this year, you played for four different head coaches. You were recruited by Butch Jones, played two years for Jeremy Perrett, and played your fourth year under Josh Heupel. Tennessee today flips Tyree West from Georgia, Florida. He was a Georgia commit, but everybody thought he was going to flip to Florida State. They flip uh, a running back, Justin Williams, at the last minute. They signed bodies. They signed good bodies for a program that went seven and five, who's under NCAA investigation heavily. Today's got to be a win, Robbie. Oh, today's a win. We're asking who's the was the question who's the biggest surprise or who's the biggest win? Are we were we answering Arden's uh, question? Because I, 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 I consider Tennessee the biggest surprise. We're talking about Tennessee. Okay, so just Tennessee, a uh, win or lose? Yeah, no, no, Tennessee's class. Let's go back to the normal. Oh, okay. Oh, Tennessee's class, yes, this is a win. This is uh, absolutely. So um, questions, Heupel's hired. Can he coach in the SEC? Um, I think he's proven that he can. Um, now in his first year, um, recruiting, um, yeah, the SEC is brutal. They finished 13th in the nation and sixth in the SEC. That's that that's brutal. But um, he's still, if he can take that team and win seven games, give him talent. Then I think, I mean, this is, and I've been down this road over and over and over again. Nothing more. But I do think the I do think the future is bright for the Vols. How no. many five stars did Tennessee get today? No. Zero. Seven four stars, 13 three stars. Exactly. But <laughs> but this is a team that couldn't sign anybody a year ago. So oh no, Heifel's amazing. He won with that team. They were, you know, Hendon Hooker. The only question I have with the guy is how did Joe Milton win the opening day job? Because uh, Hooker looks like an NFL prospect down the line. Um, yeah, he's an amazing coach. Uh, I would have gone with Auburn like we talked before. Uh, they were flipping dudes from Alabama, LSU. They got the number one Juco. Uh, that's pretty impressive. They got a very good quarterback. Well, we're, not going, we're not going the biggest Bo surprise. We're talking about UT's class right now. Why? I thought that was, Randall that was had said question. he was talking about essentially the biggest surprise today. Surprise. Yeah, Rob, you're a oh, freaking ten, attorney. I, I Pay asked attention. That. You said we're talking about Tennessee. 
Oh well, we my biggest, out of order. Well, I'll take my. I'm I'll go back to my biggest. Holding you in contempt. Yeah. Um. No, nah, the dude can coach. He can coach on the moon. I, I can't believe he what he did with all those guys gone. Um. There's no doubt about it. And if he wasn't fired a few years ago, uh, from Oklahoma, I thought he might be one of the guys going there. And uh, that's going to be the question because it's obvious he is a great coach. He's young, just like Dan Lanning that, you know, went to Oregon. Somebody's going to poach him or, uh, you know, is Tennessee going to win enough that their status and their, they can restore that tradition that they had where they are a top three job, top five job, because a lot of guys are vaulting away from them. All right, Robbie. Well, not a lot, but a few. Who was your biggest surprise? Then Shane will come up to you. I, I, I confused the situation because I thought Tennessee was my biggest surprise. Go ahead, Robbie. Um, no, my biggest surprise um, was Missouri. To even see them in the top 40, much less number 12, with one five-star, seven four-stars, and eight three-stars, um, and I know this was a weird year. Missouri was loaded with talent, like the state of Missouri, but they still keep everyone in-house and, and sign those players. I'm really impressed. And I'm not even sure I even know who the coach of Missouri is. <laughs> Missouri is going to be brought up. I love this comment. Again, a couple, couple – Rich here, I would take 23 stars over one or two five-stars. I think that's where Tennessee's at. It's depth and body right now. And and, and build to your strength. Let me guess like, at Tennessee. Yeah. Right? Well, we talked about What's that What's the point of depth if the players suck? You can always right. find depth, but Hold you need quality second. depth. Shane's biggest surprise of the day. My biggest surprise is Kentucky. How the hell are they ahead of Tennessee or Missouri for that fact? One five-star, eight four stars and 10, three stars, uh, 20 commits. Uh, it's hell of a job. Like hell of a job. Basketball. Yeah. Hell of a job. That's a basketball school, right? But they're out recruiting these big time SEC schools. So let's go. What's going on, Kentucky? You guys just brought us through the top 10, uh, Missouri at 12, Kentucky at 11. Recap a little bit. Good question here. Is, is Mel Tucker the best, portal is is Mel Tucker the best portal guy we established that so far well it's been one year so I mean we'll yeah, see I mean, it's really hard to tell right yeah now. I mean that was like uh Randall's the best looking guy on here when he's on by himself that's true <laughs> well question, done. was Spencer Rattler to the game clock the biggest portal transfer to this day by name yeah, sure. name. everyone's heard of him. Uh, I think he showed his clear limitations, and he is a midget. Um, it, didn't somebody else go to people. South Carolina also? Like, it's not a guarantee that he's going to win the job. I, I can't re- recall who. Did, didn't another quarterback transfer there? I don't or am I that. tripping? No, that was, what, two years ago? Um, yeah, didn't they have, didn't they have well, a I remember grad, grad transfer? Yeah, this they, year? Did. Like, they did. Grad two of them. Something like that? Yeah. And Bentley from South Carolina, uh, from Utah, that's terrible. Um, yeah. I could have sworn. But, yeah, I mean, it looks like he's going to play. And uh, obviously the not the same pressure. Uh, let's get to the top ten real fast. Start with number ten, which I find 
One of the more shocking stories, Oklahoma hung on to a top 10 class, staying at number 10. Robbie, if you're Dan Lanning, are you not are you not just happy? That, uh, I mean, not Dan Lanning. Are you not thrilled to have a top 10 class? Oh, good God, yeah. Like, I was expecting them to fall apart like Oregon fell apart. Um, yes, I am. Uh, I'd be thrilled if I was walking into that situation, a top 10 class with the talent they still have. And the option of transfer portal and everything else. Like, I mean, that's a primo situation to walk into for Bettables. Bettables. What do you have, one week? Vegetables? I know you love the Lincoln, Lincoln Riley yeah. hire, but I think Oklahoma kind of lands on their feet with Brent Venables, don't you? I mean, <laughs> he had, what, a week or two, just like Lincoln Riley, a uh, little bit longer. But, yeah, I mean, it was a great hire, at least by name. The Clemson defense wasn't exactly very talented last year. But, uh, I mean, you know, to keep those guys, they uh, they got a lot of defense this year, which is very surprising Generally, it's all receivers and running backs at that place. But, um, yeah, I mean, a few corners, a few defensive linemen. Uh, and that's because of Venables, I'm sure. I'm, they're not going to lose those guys. Kids want to play for him. He certainly is the most well-known defensive coordinator in college football. And, uh, yeah, that was just a great hire. All right, Shane, my Big Ten guy. Any comments on Oklahoma, but I want you to lead us off at number nine, too. So any comments on Oklahoma and then go straight into that school up north? No, I, th I think it was, yeah, a great situation. Like I just interrupted everyone else and said earlier. Um, <laughs> uh, that was a great situation to walk into, and I will not comment about the next one, so you can pass on me. Robbie, what about Michigan at number nine, one of the harder teams in college football right now? Um, you know, if I'm them, like, I'm I'm not thrilled. I'm not upset. I'm just kind of like, okay, okay, we're, we're in the top ten. We're in here. Um, we're invited to the party. Um, surprised Penn State's ahead of them. Really surprised North Carolina's ahead of them. And Notre Dame, uh, I thought they'd ride the momentum a little bit higher. But, I mean, again, you can't complain about being in the top ten at this point. Yeah, nobody likes hardball. Sorry, I'm going to comment real quick. If man. I'm a white I'm defensive back. lineman, that's where I'm going. That's like white DL University. Go ahead. Go ahead, Shane. <laughs> hey, if I can no. shoot like Steph Curry, that's where I'm going. Yeah. You just got beat out by Notre Dame and North Carolina. Like, come on, bro. Like, what are you doing? Get out of here. That's all I got to say. Perfectly did. North Carolina and the oldest football coach this side of Randall, Mac Brown, the Cookville native, finishes seventh. Win for North Carolina, but Robbie, they entered the year with Sam Howell, supposedly a first-round draft pick, top-10 team. They finished 6-6. Six and six. Is this uh effect of Mac Brown or just North Carolina's loaded with football players? Oh, well, if I can steal the most 
annoying thing that I hear from Tennessee basketball fans and apply it to North Carolina football, then I'm going to. Oh, yeah, he can recruit good talent, but can he win and when it counts? Um, that's where North Carolina is sitting right now. Um, but you know what? And just like a Tennessee basketball fan, North Carolina football should be like, you should be happy with talent as opposed to, let, opposed to no talent. So be happy. Another good recruiting class coming in. Mac Brown is stacking the deck again, like we've been talking about. And you'll, you may get a breakthrough year. You One thing remember, about North Carolina. Sorry, go ahead. I was, you got to remember Texas, he stacked talent too, and they got a championship. It, that one wasn't good enough for them then. Look what's happened since. So just like Texas needs to check themselves, Carolina, calm down appreciate what you got. Amen. Hey, one thing about uh, North Carolina and Mac Brown, this was a good year in the area for football players, and they dominated. I think of their 17, everyone was, except for three or four, was from Virginia, was from North Carolina, even if you want to throw in South Carolina. That's yeah. all around there in a circle, and they dominated at home, whereas a lot of those kids normally would go to, you know, Alabama for sake of argument. So that, that's huge. And if you control your, you know, your hood, I mean, if SC can control their hood over the last 10 years, uh, they would be the best team in the country. Well, we can't. So good for them. They own their hood, and uh, they're doing something right. Yep. Jay. Notre Dame makes the controversial hire. Well, not controversial, but kind of taking an assistant to keep the recruiting class together. They finished seventh and no defect. Great no hire. defect. Great hire then if you're looking from a recruiting standpoint. Absolutely. So he he's one of those guys that reminds me of Rabel. You know, he, he's like a – a player's coach, um, everybody wants to play hard for him. As soon as he his name was announced, you know, he won that locker room. You know, guys wanted to jump up and down for him, not Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly's more of the button-up shirt, you know, kind of guy, like straight to bit. This guy gets down and dirty. Like, he, he'll get his hands dirty with you. He'll get in there and he'll, you know, hit some people, try and show him, plays or whatever, just like Vrabel, like I'm saying. It, it makes a difference when you can actually get in with, with kids and, and make them believe and, uh, and actually get down and dirty with them. So I think it was a great hire. Now, coaching ability, he's a great recruiter. Um, we'll see how he does in, on, on the big stage. Uh, but – all-star hire, I think that was great within. Um, it was definitive. It was quick. There was no it question. It was cheap. It was cheaper. It, uh, a lot cheaper wrong. than get one of those big-name big, big name dudes well, come in and, from outside. You know, at that point, you know, so, some of the big names were gone too. So, But to, to keep things intact, you know, look where they ended up at number seven in recruiting right now. So, uh I think they're going to be fine. I, and I haven't heard a whole lot about Notre Dame transfer portal. Yeah. It, Robbie, uh, Rod, any any farther up to Notre Dame there? Or do you want to move on to my least favorite class? 
Well, I'll just say, I'll just say one, you know, there's always worries when you ask lawyers, do you want to talk? Um, the answer is always yes. Um, so I talked about Ole Miss having kind of that red flag that worries me. Um, this is my second red flag of the day. If I'm LSU, why didn't people leave Notre Dame? Why? What? What? We just hired away this guy for ninety million dollars. Good point. And they they keep this class together. That everyone stays. Everyone. What what were they buying into? Because it obviously wasn't Kelly. And it so was me and my family. <laughs> my convenient accent. I, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to take a small break. I'll be right back, and I'm not mixing a drink. But y'all go ahead, and we'll start with Raj. Discuss Penn State finishing six with James Franklin. I mean, he's obviously a better coach than recruiter. You know, I. I'm not a Franklin fan. There was talk of him going to USC. I don't think, you know, Vanderbilt is one thing that was a long time ago, but there, again, a lot of things at Vanderbilt, uh, including rape allegations that he handled terribly. Um, They did pretty well this year, but not as well. It seems like every year they underachieve and they're ranked very high. And again, kids love the dude, but, I frankly don't think, uh, frankly, he can coach all that great. Uh, and, you know, a lot of kids in Pennsylvania and Ohio is also a good year in those regions as well. Um, so we'll have to see. You know, they, they're Penn State's – for me, it's often what are people known for, what are schools known for. When you think of Penn State, you think of sometimes receiver, like Godwin and Dotson this year, uh, tight end, and, you know, linebacker and – they did well in all those categories. So, and, and defensive line, I'm not really sure if what's the point of that, but uh, if I'm one of those kids, I, I definitely consider it. But good area, good region this year, and a uh, good recruiter. Rob? Robbie, James right. Franklin, I hate him. What's your opinion? Okay, so <laughs> this is this is a odd point to make, but I'm going to do my best to make it. Cut out SEC history before Mark Stoops got to Kentucky. So forget Kentucky football before then. Kentucky at Mark Stoops is James Franklin at Penn State. They're going to be solid. They're going to be competitive. They're never going to win their division. They're never going to win the championship. They may get to some bowl games. They may look good at that. But they're they're going to recruit well. They're going to they're going to be competitive. But they're not good enough to get over the top. They're still not Georgia. They're still not Florida. They're still not uh, maybe they are Tennessee, but uh, Ohio, uh, Penn State's never going to be Ohio State. They're never going to be Michigan. They're battling with Michigan State. It's a tough division. And by the way, did y'all see the the? If you do the uh, Big Ten uh, recruiting rankings, just them, it's one through seven East, and then eight through fourteen West. The gap is huge, so Penn State, Penn State is stuck in Kentucky land in football right now. Jane, anything to follow up on Penn State before we hit the top five? Uh, I shouldn't say this on there, so no, I'm okay. not going to. <laughs> Number five. I think we're already suspended for five days. We're at the holidays. Kick it for ten. Yeah. No, well, 
All right, so Penn State, you know, coming from Sandusky and Joe Paul back in the day, and, and then this rape allegation in Vanderbilt, they apparently like to hire people that have no respect whatsoever uh, for other people. So anyway, James Franklin Hashtag is – reckless speculation. James Franklin is nothing but a POS <laughs> in my book. He's the worst human being. Like, he is uh, – yeah. Just I have a, and I have a allegedly we're allegedly for all of that allegedly reckless speculation but well taken allegedly yes. allegedly it's all allegedly yes. number five is Texas what can you say more talent in the state than they could sign Texas well, finishes fifth good job by Stark and doesn't even count Quinn Ewers who just transferred from in the portal from Ohio State to Texas. That million dollars so, spends more in, in Texas. Hey, so this is a whole new chess match for these coaches. You've got to look look at this situation now. And for high school. like Well, well the you, coaches you, are learning on the fly, too. Like, does this kid want yeah. the money or do they want to play football? Exactly. And most of the kid, it's just like this is a prime situation. All right. All he had to do was opt out. Take a school, whatever. Didn't matter what school he went to. He's not going to play anyway. Go sit a year, get his one point five million dollars transfer portal because it's easy. You can do it whenever you want to. And now he's going back to the real school that he didn't even recruit him, but now wants to recruit him, or you know whatever. And he's got you know two million dollars in the bank before he even stepped foot on college campus. So it, it's ridiculous. It's a whole new game. People better uh, – coaches, I mean, that's why you've got to start stocking, you know, scholarships for transfer well, portal and, guys, and, right? Sorry, Randall. And this is I, – I just want to bring this up real quick. We don't need to talk about it, but just a thought to get you guys thinking about it. Does the NFL put a stop to this by saying there's no more three-year sit-out rule? How – how can they? All they this, is a whole, say, this is a whole other entity. So this well, has been going on for years. Now they're just actually showing paid players. No, no, but sorry, we are talking about it. The only reason this is allowed is because the NFL has a rule. You have to be three years removed from high school. The NFL can lift that rule, and then they go straight to the NFL subject to their salary cap, their rules. And their thing, so that's so, that's where I'm getting at. But sorry, oh, Randall. Oh yeah, no, no, you're right. You're right. Unlike the NBA, an 18 year old cannot play in the NFL. It no, physically, as of play. yet, which we won't until go they, down that route. But many believe that's culturally biased. Uh, they claim it's because of the physicality and whatnot. But yeah, I don't want to go down that route. One important thing about Texas staying at number five. I mean, they ton of kids, 27, but their little brother dominated and they were still able to to hold on so that's pretty impressive uh sark is a very polarizing figure uh, a very crappy year to keep all those dudes that's impressive all right well we got to get to it sooner or later brenda jane at number four somebody dot the i i'll give you the start oh wait i oh there you go your Ohio State Buckeyes finished fourth. Happy, sad, indifferent. I'm happy with it. I mean, it, I think it was – it's fine. You know, you're recruiting against, you know, Bama, uh, 
Georgia, Texas A&M for some reason, which is weird. Uh, but just weird. Yeah, that's it's so strange there. If there, this is that that might be my biggest surprise. I retract my previous statement. Uh, no, but no, I'm happy. It, it's average, average. I mean, we're you know top eight, top ten annually. Um, but again, like I said earlier, it's not necessarily about the five star and four star. You know, the the three stars are kind of the meat of the of the class uh, and. You know, so I'm happy with it. Happy with it. There were two five stars in Ohio, CJ Hicks and Sonny Styles. Yeah. Those guys were easy Ohio State commits. Um, Pretty quality class. Devin Brown, the quarterback from uh, Corner Canyon in Utah. That's actually, he followed up Jackson Dart, the USC quarterback. Uh, He was going to USC, but after uh, Lincoln Riley came to, uh, went to USC, a number of players transferred from next year transferred their commitment, uh, not literally transferred, including Malachi Nelson, who's the number one quarterback recruit next year, number two player overall, oh, number two quarterback recruit, because Arch Manning is number one from, but Malachi and his, uh, and actually his receiver, I can't remember his name right now, both from Los Alamitos High School. Um, So Devin Brown was a great get for them. I'm not sure where their quarterback is at, their situation, again, with Ewers, leaving uh who is their starting quarterback next year i'm sure he's good i mean it is Ohio state yeah it's cj stroud's gonna be starter next year oh yeah he was a freshman Uh, yeah never mind yeah he's a freshman so so uh, ewers coming in this year like kind of screwed up the like stacking chain that day does you know like play two years you know you get there you sit a year then you play and all that um so yeah whatever uh, but no, Sonny Styles, uh, big safety. Uh, love love his recruit. I think he's out of high school early as well. Um, if I can, I don't know. I remember reading something about one of the guys being in LI out of high school early. You guys laughing at me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying here. <laughs> No, nah, you let a uh, word slip. It sound like that's what we were laughing at. Uh, okay. So, but no, I'm I'm happy with the recruit overall. Uh, and yeah, NLI. Who knows what's going on right now with that? Oh, so let's start with the next group of three together because it's hard to break them up. But I think it's shocking that Georgia finishes third. Robbie, I, I mean, it's been Alabama, Georgia. One, two for the last five years. How did Texas A&M jump in there? And Georgia's still Georgia, still in the playoffs, and still low enough. Yeah, so this is Jimbo's assault on Kirby, I think. Um, Saban's not going to coach forever, and so – I think Jimbo's going right after Kirby and being like, who, what's, what's the future? What future's brighter? Is it, and don't take away this instant credibility of we just beat Alabama. They can't beat Alabama. And you're selling those two things because that's what you're selling is don't go to Alabama, come to one of these two places. 
Um, so A&M's hot right now, even though Georgia's in the playoffs. Georgia may win the championship, but yet Jimbo's out recruiting Kirby. Um, and to back up to Ohio State, if I'm Ohio State, I'm loving the position I'm in. I, I'm recruiting the best in the entire country in the least, not the least desirable, but the worst desirable, the top 10 footprints. So I'm killing it. Uh, I've got talent. I play in cold weather. And look, Alabama, Alabama, A&M, Georgia, they can't all make the playoff. I got the talent to go there each and every year, so I'm happy. Good point. It's not, it's not that cold. Come on. <laughs> hey, real quick on Georgia. Um, you know, they're known for that big red imposing defense. Uh, who got the most five stars in the country? It was Georgia. Uh, yeah, for some five. reason, Michael Williams, a defensive lineman, was committed to USC under Helton. We didn't know why. He's from Georgia. But getting him and Marvin Jones, who Marvin Jones was strongly considering SC, two defensive linemen, was huge. They're known for defense. Their quarterback's not great, but their top seven recruits were all defenders. Um, I think they have a quarterback transfer coming in. I sure as hell hope so, because I wouldn't want to be, uh, you know, it's a waste of a lot of talent with their current quarterback situation. Good point. Scott, what do you say about Alabama being number two? Bama's Bama. Every year. Saban is truly the guy that picks his recurrence. Yeah, next. I think Saban, just one question for all of you. Is Saban, can he truly go into any state and take the top player out of that state? Yeah, I mean. Why not? He's 90% chance he can. He's, whatever it is, he's figured out the cheat code to this game. It was like, like the early college football games on NCAA. There was one play that like they couldn't stop and you figure that out and you like run it over and over again. That seems yeah. to be what Saban's done. Like he's just I mean yeah, I mean the guy's what 70 years old and I mean does he even know how to text message? Like I mean and still just I mean I guess the selling point is hey you gotta be here for three years, chill for two, play for one, boom, first round draft pick. Yeah, I'll get you in the NFL if you sit for two years. Yeah, you know. absolutely. Is- I mean, you're going to go to NFL if you go to Bama. And I think that, you know, they had the number one support staff in terms of size and quality. I really think that they, you know, those dudes are the ones doing most of the legwork. And then, you know, Mr. President comes in and sits in your living room on your couch, an extremely imposing figure and says, we want you. Uh, I definitely think the aura of Nick Saban uh, plays into this it really does and as you know Bama's become the this is the biggest dynasty in the history of college football in my opinion and uh yeah if you want to go pro go there all right been a long run on this we still got a couple a little more subjects to get through we have we I was going to say Bush we talked about it Texas A&M the number one player number one team in recruiting, takes the number one player out of Tennessee, number one player out of Florida, uh, all over the place, signed kids. I want to read you. This is most impressive to me. Their top, let's go 10 recruits. Tennessee, Florida, Texas, Pennsylvania, Arizona, Texas, Missouri, Georgia, 
Georgia, Louisiana. A couple more Texas threw in there. They went outside Texas A&M or outside the footprint of Texas to get this done. Is Texas A&M a national brand now? Rog, ooh. Well, I think so. And the point I was making earlier about some schools being known for certain positions, for A&M, it's defensive line. Um, they are right now. And, yeah, they can go anywhere for that. In fact, they're of their top five recruits, four of them are not only on defense, they're on the defensive line, which is insane. Uh, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, they got kids from all over the country. Uh, I don't really get the appeal of, uh, of Jimbo personally, but obviously it's working. Robbie, come, final comments on Texas a Well, you got to remember where Jimbo's coached. He coached at LSU, so he's got high school connections there. He coached at Florida State. He's got high school connections there and Texas. And so you take those three, just those three states alone, and if you can jump into Georgia, like that, he's got a, 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 a arsenal of high school connections that can load up a team quickly. That's a good point. Shane, any comments from you? Good point, Robbie. Yeah, I, I mean, other than Kentucky, I mean, this is this is a big surprise to me as well. Uh, I mean, four or five-star commits, 19 four-star commits. I mean, it, it, it's insane what they're doing there. So, like these guys said, it, it, it's a, kind of a destination place as well. So, I, I think they're, they're going to be fine, especially Jimbo is at the helm. Well, and Randall, real quick, and and I just noticed this, and I, you you can correct me if I'm wrong. This year, there seemed to be a abnormally large amount of talent coming out of Tennessee, going elsewhere. Hopefully, Heupel can secure those borders as it comes through and get the talent to stay in Tennessee. This was well, he's proven it. I think he needed to prove himself, and he yeah. one well, year with all the guys they lost. One little quick uh, I think thing about going to be strong. One little quick thing about, you know, college recruiting. All right. It's, it's almost like fishing, right? So you're, you're driving down the middle of the channel and you're, you're throwing towards the bank. You're throwing towards the bank the whole time. And then you got all these guys on the bank throwing towards the middle of the channel, towards the middle of the channel. Like, what is going on here? Like, can you not keep it in house? Like, what is it? Like, this does not make sense to me. Why are people throwing on the bank when you can just drop your pole straight down and, and catch somebody right here? Like, why is everyone outside recruiting when you can just get the people in your state that are five stars to your school? What the hell's going on? I don't know. That, that After also, my breakdown for recruiting and during that the draft, drives that me was crazy. the second best moment of this show. That it drives me crazy. <laughs> Drop your pole, banks, fishing. Just <laughs> drop it right, right, right yeah, below. Drop it right there. Drop your pole anywhere. Right. I, I think you're um, not a fisherman, Rob. This was a, a stellar uh, no, year I'm in the not. state of Tennessee. A stellar year. A year that we had talked about in the high school football ranges and in the circles I run. The maybe the best talent in the state of Tennessee ever this year. And Tennessee signed one of the top. 20 players in the state. And, and you've got to think that 
some of the roads that Jeremy yeah, put yeah that's on. not Heichel's fault. That's just yeah. that's broken bridges. Quickly before we move on to NFL playoff pitcher, gut reaction, Dan Lanning to Oklahoma, uh to Oregon, Rod. Everybody wants a young, aggressive coach to come on in. You know, your Oregon's usually known for offense, but Lanning was just a guy they couldn't pass up. You know, he's 35 years old. He's considered one of the best recruiters in the country. Um, you know, after getting Thibodeau and Sewell and a guy that SC really wanted, who's a monster, Justin Flo, you know, you're adding a guy that that I they're not taking a step back. I, I think he's also young and flashy, which coincides with the brand at Oregon. So I thought it was a great hire. I, you know, he was the number one overall wanted coordinator when it comes to, you know, that trend for young Sean Payton, uh, not anymore, but uh, I'm blanking on the Rams coach, but what? John McVay. Thank you, McVay. Um, it, it's very Oregon-esque, and I think that was a great hire. You showed up in the early when we went through our show notes at 845. We talked about John McVay. You'd know that. <laughs> I would have forgotten. All right, Robbie Dan Land. I, I mean, I'm gonna give mine. I hate the how power. I don't think he's ready. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he goes out there and wins big. But you take a guy whose career has kind of uh, been built at Athens, Georgia, and you paid him in Eugene, Oregon. Let's hope he's a relationship builder because he's going to need it. I, at 35 years old, scares me. No head coaching experience. 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 <laughs> scares me but he, you're right his name was everywhere so he was going to get a job Robbie your thoughts I mean it seems like they did the checklist right did he work for Saban yes did he work for Kirby yes is he a good recruiter yes um, Oregon's done this road before Kelly was a coordinator Helfridge was a coordinator while Helfridge got fired he went to the national championship game Chris Ball was a coordinator you give charismatic people those resources at Oregon, it's hard not to be successful. They've got the goods, man. Like, if it's not SC and you're on the West Coast, then it's Oregon. And that's – and or vice versa. If it's not Oregon, then it's SC. Like, those are the programs. And so, yeah, as long as that swoosh is backing you, I think it's a good hire. Um he took hopefully he took the process and the process junior and here we go. All right, Shane, anything from you on the hire? So is this is this smoke or fire? Like are are we looking at um, just because Georgia had the best defense this year? Like is this smoke or fire? I I don't know. Uh, it, it's hard to say. Um, pretty big contract, though. I mean, 4.6 a year and 35 years old, unproven. I mean, God, God, where where was this, you know, 10 years ago when I was <laughs> – I should have became a college coach. I, I you do look like McVay. Doesn't he look like McVay? Yeah, I yeah. will admit I, I did not. I will admit I did not know who the Georgia defensive coordinator was until he was hired at Oregon. 
Right, but that's what I'm saying. Smoke or fire. Like, what what have they really done? You know, what is so Georgia's record? Like, this is what it's all coming down to, right? Like, what what have they done defensively? Yeah, it looks looks okay on paper. I, I don't know. I don't know if he's the right guy for the job. We'll see. Oregon is um, no offense, Raj, a little easier probably to navigate through than no they. They're than Uncle Phil, Nike U. Yeah. No, they they've been doing well. Interesting though, with Georgia, a lot of the coordinators get hired. They've named co-defensive coordinators, uh, one of whom is uh, Will Muschamp. Uh, the other Shulman, uh, Shulman, I think that's his name. So that'll be interesting if Georgia's defense is number one again with all those kids going there. Uh, does Bill, uh, Will Muschamp get hired again? Will because uh, his chance. reputation was not exactly mm. stellar in the SEC. So let me tell you what we've learned off of this show. We've learned next year during National Signing Day, we'll do an hour and a half special because we booked the whole show and we just now finished National Signing Day and we're out of time. But I have one more topic. I feel we must get through and I think it was, I think it's you. Right now, and it's not really about the playoffs, but New England is the number one seed in the AFC. Followed by the Titans, Titans at eight and four, the Ravens at eight and four, the Chiefs at eight and four, the Chargers, the Bengals, and the Buffalo Bills would all qualify for the playoffs. Just outside is the Colts we left for dead and Rogers. Vegas Raiders. Stop. They're, they're the, done. In the, the Colts are in the playoffs. No, but this, they're outside looking in. Wild card. Yeah. No, we got seven teams now. Yeah, yeah the, yeah, the Colts are the in. Seven team would be I, they're the, the Buffalo six, Bill. The, the Colts are the sixth seed. The, yeah, they're the sixth seed. Because Buffalo's been tanking. Sixth seed. Right, let me no. go my article. One, two, three. What are you go looking at? ESPN.com. ESPN ranks them according to the tiebreakers. Cincinnati nine, Cleveland current. They're all yeah. seven and six. Let me get on the Colts are six seed, seven and six. Colts, yeah, you're right. Ravens, you're right. Chiefs. So then, of course, we're what are you what are you looking at? AOL.com. Where's your article for the sports? AOL. December the ninth. Green Bay is the leader in the NFC, followed by Tampa. Arizona, it falls from first to third based on their loss. The Cowboys. Did you say you were looking at an article from, the, from December the 9th? Yes. The Rams. Do you know you how know, to work the internet? <laughs> the 49ers. You know today is the 15th. And the Red Bulls. <laughs> it was the one that popped up. I'm sorry. I, I was fishing right here by my boat. If you were so, on 15 minutes beforehand uh, during the show notes, we would have that. taught you how to use the internet. Yep. So, <laughs> going through, handicap the AFC, NFC, in your opinion, Rod? Uh, in terms of my favorites? Yes. I mean, the Chiefs are back. Their defense has, I think, allowed nine points the last few games. Now, hold on. And, Is this the Chiefs of December the 9th or, De- or December the 15th? Uh, I think both. They okay. won like, <laughs> last weekend, and you know like, what, what was dates this show on? Yeah, they're also so, nine and four. Every, yeah. Sunday was the twelfth. So since Sunday we had a game, and they did very well. 
Uh, I think the Chiefs are back. They are my number one seed overall, meaning that I think they're going to the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, Arizona looks like they're coming back to earth. Maybe people are figuring them out. DeAndre Hopkins is done for the year. He may come back in the playoffs, but he's not the same guy, clearly. Uh, Green Bay, I don't think, has it defensively. So I, I think we're going to see Tampa and the Chiefs and, you know, not very inventive, but I think that's what's going to happen. Robbie, as of the 15th, not tonight, please handicap the NFC and AFC. Um, let me go big picture. I, Whenever the NFL went to seven teams in the playoffs, I thought I was going to hate it. Um, man, I've grown to love it so quickly. It, everyone's still in it. And so and I you really, will. Uh, Hold on. Were you not the guy that just killed 16 play, playoff spots in college football? Right? No, I was going to say just eight. As eight playoff teams yeah, was, in college yeah. football. Now you want sweet. bigger, more. Let's gamble on more. Let's go. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> These kids are getting paid. Uh, 13 uh, teams in the AFC are six and seven so, or better. So 13 college, teams are involved yeah. in the playoffs. Don't 13 make me do it again, Brandon. Don't make me get suspended again. Um, <laughs> I like uh, getting you riled up a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, no, so I love the 17. Everyone's still in it. Uh, AFC, yeah, I agree with Raj. Kansas City's kind of setting themselves apart. But, man, New England's got an easy road. and But, but – New England, I think they get a good playoff spot, but rookie quarterbacks, I don't care how good Bill Belichick is, rookie quarterbacks, things speed up in the postseason. Um, so I don't trust Mac Jones yet. I think he'll get there, but not yet. Um, Titans, man, we're it's still in the second seed, but just we don't have any players. And uh, NFL record for the most people on a roster, Titans 2021. Yeah. yeah, and counting, and counting. Um, and so, so yeah, I, I think the Chiefs are, are my 1A team. Uh, I'm not giving up on the Chargers, though. I picked them in the preseason. I still think they've got the talent to get hot. Um, NFC, man, that's the as wide open as it gets. Uh, Green Bay, you got Green Bay, you got Tampa, you got Arizona. I think the Rams are still dangerous. Those four teams – Give me them any 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 day of the week. I'll I'll, I'll flip a coin on them. Um, my thing though, if I'm a playoff team, or especially as it gets closer to playoffs, I seriously think about going back to virtual and saying, because hey, I don't know what the NFL is going to do, but they're they're saying the show's going to go on. You can't risk a quarterback getting COVID or getting infection. So I'm saying, hey, we're in shape. Train on your own. Stay away from the building. We're going to have availability because it may be the best ability. To Robbie's point, and Jane, I'll come to you. The only team eliminated in the NFC is the Lions. And right now, the woeful Atlanta Falcons has better than a double-digit chance, 10% chance of making the playoffs. I, I, I don't get it, but I mean, 11 teams in the NFC are six yeah. and seven or better. The 11 teams fan bases have hope. That number is 13 in the AFC. Uh, uh, yeah. That number, the Falcons, that number like 11 in our fantasy league, even to 
So change. So everyone would have hope. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's and I actually yeah. don't have any hope. We're at zero. So okay. uh, that's impressive for Atlanta. No chance that the Bucks are not there right now. Like Ooh. Tom Brady is. I mean, he's got he's leading the league in passing. I mean, what is he? 43-44. He, he's killing it. Like this guy is the most cerebral quarterback along with the talent to match that I've ever seen. He's a goat. He's not going anywhere. So I've got the Bucks by far over Packers. Rodgers and his, you know, immunization can go on somewhere else. Um, and I'm going to call – man, it's going to be tough between the Pats, the Titans, and Chiefs. The Ravens, I don't think – I don't think we'll get there. Chargers, I don't think we'll get there. Colts. Uh, they're overplayed. What makes you think the Titans will get there after the biggest loss uh, of the year, no doubt, meaning Derrick Henry? Well, one, because I'm a Titans fan. I so knew that two. <laughs> Good point. I knew that one. Yeah, so, you know, hey, n- no bad publicity is, yeah, whatever. Whatever that's saying. <laughs> well, you so, anyway. Did you tell talks. everyone you were in a golf tournament today? <laughs> no, listen. I hope you mentioned that. I I didn't. Uh, so <laughs> if if Henry comes back, you know that's the only reason that we're up there. If he doesn't, Good. you know, no chance. Fair. But I I really do think that the Pats, uh, Patriots are in prime position right now. I mean, Belichick versus Brady. Who doesn't want to see that? My, my, tough, my tough to win in New England in January, man. That's to your point. point but but he's – I mean, he's the greatest coach. Like, and Mac Jones, what he's doing, I mean, I, I think it's pretty damn good right now. So, would it be the highest-rated game in NFL history, the Pats versus the Bucks? I mean, I, I'm intrigued by this. Am I the only one? Or, I, mean, I mean, that's the Super They already Bowl played each other, didn't they? Yeah, that's hard to say. Highest game in history, but the the lead up would make me barf. All oh, the talk and publicity it was already gross earlier, so I really hope that doesn't happen because I can't freaking take it. Uh, yeah, they played earlier in the year and it was an ugly game, nineteen to seventeen. So please, God, please don't let that happen because two weeks of this crap will make me jump off my roof. Yeah, so. I agree. Like I, I think the lead-up shows will be highly rated, and they'll be because people want, like, people that care about those things want their opinions, and like they want to hear people. But I mean, if you don't watch the Super Bowl, then do you even know who Brady and Belichick is, and and do you even? Care? I mean, you know, probably know who Tom Brady is because of Giselle, but like. You don't care about like, like I don't know if you bring any like, I don't know if there's any storyline that brings more people into the NFL or into the Super Bowl I should say because I mean everyone watches the Super Bowl like if you don't you just don't know like you're just you're in that own weird, weirdo world who's Giselle weirdo world yeah who's just yeah all right guys that- so we're running late but we we right now 
First of all, we've got to ask everybody, do three things for us. Like, share, follow us on iTunes, follow us on Facebook, follow us on uh, Facebook. That's where we're at. Uh, some, Please just follow us. We need following. In 2022, we have some huge goals. And we need you to start like, smash, follow. We get a thousand viewers, and some weeks we'll have four or five hundred on on YouTube, and we got twenty three followers. So you're out there watching. Hit the subscribe button so we can get some credit for it. At least you. And yo, uh, we're all really old. You can tell by the Facebook and whatnot. Each of us will give a hundred bucks to any kid that can uh, do a good job putting us on TikTok and all that jazz. <laughs> Because uh, and whatever else is there, Twitch and yeah. whatever. Uh, so 100 bucks each, that's 400. Who wants it? We'll take your submissions. Yeah, you can put this on, you can put an hour and a half video on TikTok. No, but you can, no, but you can advertise. You can make you can a promote 30 it. second video special clips. You special can clips. influence, influence, super, super old, not a touch here. In, super old, influence. not a touch. Influence. Great show tonight. We will, right now, we will not have a show next Wednesday, tentatively. Uh, we will do some pop-up specials next week, and we'll talk about that later amongst ourselves. But we might, we might, we might pop on here Wednesday for a while. I don't know if we'll have a full hour and a half. We might start at 9.15 and get to 9.45, just have Barrage on. Um, but we also may just pop on and just have a, a little pop-up session here and there. So, uh, hey, hey, if, if Memphis beats Tennessee on Saturday, I'll come on for a full meltdown mode on uh, my reactions to the Tennessee Memphis basketball game. I'll be there in Nashville. So I will come if Memphis should not beat Tennessee. Played pretty well against Randall's favorite team, the team that I said relies too much on shooting. They came yeah. back, they actually throttled Alabama. Yeah, they did. They so killed them. They looked very good. Tennessee has Memphis Saturday, Arizona Wednesday, and then Alabama Saturday. Big week yep. for the Vols. And we Luckily, Memphis on. usually doesn't play defense. We, so we may jump fine. on. I'm off next week. We may jump on any night, so just be prepared. But we also we have a business meeting, and this is for you all out there. We have a business meeting with some associates. We need you to like and smash. That's the thing that keeps stopping us. We need you to like us, share us, get us out there. But here is my favorite part of the show. Nine and one. I'm not really sure I'm nine and one by telling everybody am. You said eight and one earlier. Eight and one. Eight and one. I'm on December the ninth. I'm sorry. I was nine and one on December the ninth. <laughs> eight and one on your upset alert. So going around the room, we got to put some people on upset alert and get them squared away. Brandon Chain, you already put somebody on upset alert. How did that turn out for you? I'm trying to look it up right now. This was earlier today. Uh, it, you know, NBA, it was uh, Mavs over Lakers. Not sure how that ended up. I'll have to look it up real uh, quick. Austin Reeves, the white guy from Oklahoma, hit a three at the buzzer in OT to give the Lakers a 107-104 win. Okay, so I would have <laughs> okay. lost that one. <laughs> yeah, so okay. now? December 9th, you would have won it. Yeah, so um, I'm not living that one down. My upset <laughs> alert, I'm going to say uh, Oklahoma State over Notre Dame in the bowl games. That's my upset alert. 
right now. Notre Dame's minus two. Notre Dame is Notre Dame. Oklahoma State's been playing great. Um, I know they just lost their D coordinator to the Ohio State, so that's okay. Uh, still got Oklahoma State. Notre Dame. Speaking of you, cheap bastard, get on, get on ESPN, sign on to my our bowl pick'em, and let's gamble. Robbie, what would be your upset of the week? Um, so I thought about this quite a bit. I'm going a division game, a high spread for you kids to maximize your profits. It is a team that always plays the other team tough. Beat them twice during the season last year. I'm going New Orleans plus 11 at Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay stumbles this week and then runs the table. Wow. Is that your, that's your bet you're nuts? That's my upset alert. Okay. Okay. Ron, mm. who are you mm. on upset alert? a lot of people liking the Seahawks. I'm not there. Uh, because half the Browns team is dead, the Raiders are one-and-a-half-point favorites in Cleveland. I don't care. The Browns will find a way to win. The Raiders always find a way to lose. I'll take the Browns over the Raiders plus one-and-a-half. I mean, I could play quarterback at this point, and we'd beat the Raiders. Marcus Mariota time. I know, mm-hmm. dude. That's what we're begging for. Second dude. chance. Jacobs and Carr both need to sit. All right. I'm going to the NFL for my upset alert. And I am choosing a game which I will be the only person that probably even watches. I am putting the Jacksonville Jaguars on upset alert. Laying three and a half to the Houston Texans. I think the Texan money line, the Jaguars this weekend. I also love the fact that I think it goes over 39 and a half. So if you watch that game, you should cheat yourself. I'm not going to watch it. It's on the same time the Falcons are, but I'm, that's my that's my that's my uh, upset alert. I'll go first on your bet. You're not. <laughs> you know what? You know what, Randall. We could come on here next week, and you could say you won, and no one would even know what the score of that, no, the score no. of that game was. No one would even know what teams you're talking about. And nobody cares. Nobody rallies the troop like Urban. Hey, we could we could get we could get as big as PTI, and no one will know what the fucking score of the Jaguars and Texas <laughs> game was. It, it wasn't cares. me for once. It's always Robbie. It's always Robbie. The only reason we're suspended is because of Robbie in his comments. So I'll start with my bet. You're nuts. I'm going to stay in the NFL. And I'm going to go do a Saturday special. And everybody's going to care about this game. I'm going to go money line. Money line. The New England Patriots beat the Indianapolis Colts at home. Money line. Patriots. Over the Colts. That is my bet. Money line. Money line. Rod Beta. Uh, first of all, what do we set the over? Randall just recently said Jaguars. Jaguars. Uh, Jaguars. 
Let's set the over under next week at four in terms of uh, words that Randall pronounces weird. Uh, There was another few earlier. Uh, He is our noble host and he does an amazing job, but some of the the pronunciations are pretty weird and I love it. Maybe it's just because he's from a, from like the sixties early on time and I'll give you credit. Maybe he's from the forties, but yeah, uh, my guarantee bet your nuts is tomorrow Duke minus 21 against woeful uh appalachian state it's not football uh full exposure uh full admission i i something's wrong with my brain tonight disclosure i don't really thank you full disclosure jesus what's wrong with me uh you've been hanging out football lines are usually given out the day of and my betting apps are all on my phone so this is one of the few lines i can see but i was going to take it anyways duke minus 21 Appalachian State tomorrow. You, you know what? You hang up with me long enough, you'll be eating pork rinds and saying words funny. Watch yourself. I, the irony is I think I just mispronounced Appalachian, Appalachian or is it Appalachian? Eh. Appalachian. Appalachian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the guy that's been at the golf course since early this morning. Brendan James! My upset. Bet you're nuts. Well, it's not really upset. <laughs> Betty Nuts is Ohio State beats Kentucky in basketball on Saturday. Let's go. Is that a game in Columbus or in Lexington? I think it's in Lexington, actually. Or is it a. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's in Lexington. I'll wow, go, I'm going there. Bet your nuts before Robbie goes. But that's my Bet Your Nuts. Let's go. Nah, man. It's in Vegas. It's one of those showcases. The uh, Ohio State-Kentucky game. It's erroneous. Erroneous. It's a little box school of people that can't Pay this man his money. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So is UCLA, North Carolina. Was your schedule on December the 9th or the 13th? (laughs) Uh, Neither. That's the 18th. Yeah, it's the 18th. <laughs> Robbie Davis. 13th was Monday. <laughs> I, I look like I'm drunk and I've just been awake for 24 hours. Robbie Davis, take us out with some sanity. Um, so I like to give the people the money quickest. So I'm taking tomorrow night's game. It is Kansas City at the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, over 52. I like it. High-scoring affair, two good quarterbacks, a lot of talent all around. I'll take the over, um, even though I hate the short weeks, but these teams know each other. Two good coaches, two great offenses. I'll take the over 52. Nice. Any chance Santa finds anybody on this show on the nice list? Any, any, Any opportunity for any of us? Mm-hmm. To make the nice list? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Maybe you. Uh, hey, well, you're our best hope. Hey, my my Santa wish is to slip by the FCC. Hey, I think we did. I think we did tonight. I haven't had anything pop up. Mine is to catch some sweet trout by dropping my pole right next hey. to the boat. Next Wait, to the boat. That's where yeah. all the fish are at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next to the boat. Stay, Stay away from the bank. Stay away from the stop, bank, you stop casting to the bank. Stay, stay within your lane, bro. Yeah, yeah. let's go. 
Y'all are twist up lines and lures and yeah. just drop it, drop it by the boat. Hey, get it. where the biggest <laughs> fish are. <laughs> I've been I've been on a floor, four hour float once. My first cast, I tangled up the whole line. I spent the whole three what? hours and fifty eight hey. minutes untangling my line. Why the Fishing hell are humor. people on the bank casting towards the boats? I'm <laughs> trying to steal my fish. Uh, on that note, <laughs> good night. God bless, and hey. we'll be back. Classic. Hey, wait. Do we have final words? Oh, yeah, God. that was. I'm a, I'm already asleep. So Robbie Davis, good catch. Let's start final words with Brandon Chang because I have a feeling it's going to take him a minute. Go ahead, Brandon. I'm already done. My final words were about fishing. So you two go uh, ahead. Final words, EJ Liddell. Thank you. You're so great this year, and you're going to be Kentucky. It's going to be great. <laughs> Robbie, please please make something make sense for us. I, I'll I'll do my best. You know, I'm just, you know, I appreciate the effort that Randall gives on a day in day out basis. Um, I just wish he took a little more time to focus. And if you're gonna flip us back in time. Flip us back to not 2019. We could go to events. Don't flip us back a week. Just, 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 just put some effort into it. Flip us all the way back to back. We could do things. We could be in person. Just do that. Come on, show a little effort. Yeah. (laughs) By Tesla. Yeah, on, I swear I was looking at that and I was going, "These dudes are idiots." And I looked at the date; it said December the 9th. and I was like, "Okay, I, why are you serious. looking at an article in the first place? You can see the standings on any freaking sports site. You're like, yeah. oh, the article I read from the- are you looking <laughs> at the USA Today? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. The USA Today Newspaper. <laughs> Did somebody slip it under your door this morning? I would. <laughs> All right, for Randall Cunningham, for Brandon J, for Rod Meta, for the great Robbie Davis, for all of our fans out there. We've had a bunch of people watching tonight, by the way. I mean, bunches of people. Let them that's because we're insanity. wasted and hilarious, and I was late. So uh, I think that's that's all for good ratings. Good night. And I was sober tonight. Have you seen this guy with the wrong newspaper? <laughs> Let me get 